0: Microphone check. One, two. What is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business? I am your host, Rohan Patra. The rap music plug at your service.
1: Here we are again at
2: the end of Get stuck. Get stuck. Get
0: stuck. Get stuck. The rap music plug podcast, presented by QLC TV, is the remedy to the "I don't have anything good to listen to" problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between, on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show.
3: Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, like, I feel like if I, as like a business professional. If I look at how to maximize the impact of my music, I feel like I could take my time and work on new music. Actually, what I'm doing right now is my next album is going to be done all on cassette tape. we am going to do an all analog, no digital. Hey, I love that. Because, you know, everybody's doing digital. So let's hear what all analog sounds like. You know, I'm cassettes are
0: cassettes are coming back in style for real. Like, uh, there's some people yeah. that are really into design. Like, uh, I don't know if you know about well, Gang PTP Purple Tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him before, and he's just fucking... he makes
3: music on on tape, or he just sells tapes.
0: No, he does does the design. I mean, he makes his own music, great, but he has his he has his label, and he does the design for like many oh, other yeah, artists, yeah. even outside of. Yeah, uh, PTP. I have my
3: greatest hits record on tape from uh, Darko's label. Darko the
0: soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fuck with Darko. Um, cool. So
3: well, what well, that's what I was saying is any as uh, I just want Big Baby Gandhi just to be such a tight meme on itself, and then that's to me is gonna be doper than having one or two songs be on some Spotify playlist. Who cares? Mm. You know, yeah, that's not really where I want to go with it. I feel that. So that people just even long long before I am dead. You hear the name Big Baby Gandhi, and you just start laughing. You're like, "What's that? A fat Indian guy who thinks he's black?" You know, and you just start <laughs> laughing. And that's like, okay, you know how you know how f- there's so few Asians in in um in Hip-hop. media
0: or oh, I mean, media yeah, or like all yeah. media, all yeah, celebrities.
3: That's really. true.
2: Yeah, for there's sure.
3: so few that just by that alone, that like I'm part of the map just because I have a funny ass name, you know.
4: It's and impactful. then it's kind of
3: funny if you dig into it it's like oh there's music too so it's like that's kind of tight in that way so i'm really taking eagle's eye view at what big baby gandhi could be because i have a full-time day job that i focus on so i need to maximize my non-daytime stuff
0: i feel that i've mean, had I so relate to that it's, it's your yeah. spare time you can't you can't just be you can't be just needlessly or like mindlessly well, you know you want you want to
3: streamline it so it fits in with your Your style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I make music, I practice all the time. I make beats, but I don't feel like putting them out because there's also a level of work, you know, when you put them all together and you launch a project. And I want to save that for a better time. But in the meantime, I'm just like, oh, I'll just keep saying the name Big Baby Gandhi. I'm just trying to have viral posts. And then you just see Big Baby Gandhi. That's actually an idea called salience. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's actually an economic principle. I think
0: I am. But so
3: salience is actually kind of how you can refer to memes, right, the memetic condition. Basically, it's this idea that you see something so often that it becomes oh, a priority of itself. So that's yeah. what a meme is. Yeah. It's essentially salience. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I see it going. Because there's concepts to the internet that are inherent too. So as things evolve, there's always gonna be memes, right? Memes is just like that collective salience.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. That makes a lot of sense.
3: Also, you know, we live in a world where the matrix is real. So in order to understand how you're being programmed, you know, you have to almost have your own counter programming So you're not too um, unencumbered by uh, false messaging and brainwashing propaganda from by the CIA. Just saying, because there's yeah. things that we know in our history that have happened and to assume that they're not happening now is to ignore the past.
0: That's a good point. That's actually something I think verbatim, not verbatim, but literally pretty much verbatim that I think I remember Kanye saying when he was going on those Yeezus, like those really epic Yeezus interviews, he said the, the like literally that. And the, the second point about what his album he was trying to do was to deep, to change the programming. And mm-hmm. to put his own thing, his own counter well, like literally.
3: Think about, exactly think about for saying. example, what you learn about history, like world history and U.S. history, right? From ages like 12 to 18. And then after age 18, how much history you have to unlearn because it's like a Eurocentric talent. Yeah,
0: whitewash and all that, yeah.
3: You're almost better off not having learned it at all until you're like an adult and then learning it in a non-biased way
2: hmm
3: So, you know, like I actually don't think schools should teach history. I don't think they should do that. Why? Teach because they read, do such write, a bad job. Um, of,
0: they just do a bad job well, of it. It's it's yeah.
3: like you're entrusting it to the state. So you're always gonna get the state's version of what happened. There's no there's never gonna be a non-biased history retelling from this. Well, state. there won't be a non-biased biased, but you, you
0: could make a better you could make a decent attempt you don't have I to be you... in
3: school to learn that stuff
0: you know what i mean but will people do that themselves
3: i don't think it like it's not helping now <laughs> you know?
0: yeah that's a not a that's not the worst take. You know, people are learning about each other's take.
3: cultures on, like on like tiktok they don't need to know about you know like whatever it is also like people don't even like school anyway if we keep it real in the us you're not supposed to like learning about stuff it's actually corny to learn in the, in America. Let's keep it real. Or at least the way I grew up or where I come from. It's corny. To be interested okay. and to learn about things. That's no bueno. Well, whatever. I'm not gonna rail too hard against against the government anymore. I'm not gonna learn my my lesson.
0: Okay, I, I, I enjoyed this and I, I was already recording and I'm just going to keep it. It's a nice little, nice little sneak peek. Um, I will still introduce you guys, whoever is listening. This is not how we normally start these interviews, but I love it um, to this great guest that we're going to be diving into things with today. So I am here with an artist who is from New York, formerly of Das Racists, Heems, Greedhead label. Had a great solo career to date with some really well-received projects like Big Fucking Baby, No One to Look Up To, We Live in a Society. He's thoughtful, charismatic, as you can just hear in this brief interview that you've heard so far. And he's funny as hell. And he's also currently a practicing medical writer, if I said that correctly. Yeah, yeah. And so I am pleased to welcome someone who I've been really excited to speak to for so many reasons but just as someone who genuinely affected me positively first hearing him in i think 2012 or 13 yep. um as a brown hip-hop head growing up so please to welcome big baby gandhi how are you
3: doing yo yo gandhi
1: terrorist with no turban, lyricists with no sermon my man herman said your whole team herbs man my man Victor said all of y'all dick suck. I said, yeah, I know that's why they always got their lips plugged. Disgust every time I spit stuff. JDS shit completely Nuts.
0: So so you're originally from Bangladesh. You immigrated yeah. to uh New York when you were pretty young, right? Yeah, like uh six years old. Six years old, okay. So you you did most of your growing up here. So like what yeah. kind of folks were you? Surrounded with when you were younger, like what was your exposure to hip hop growing up?
3: Um, it's like, so I grew up in New York. Um, so I first, uh, I'm from like Main Street, Flushing, uh, Main Street, Cherry Avenue, and then Colden Towers. So it's just mad, mad people, mad black, Dominican, Indian kind of mix. Not there really wasn't like there were like four or five Indian people, well, Bengali people, not really mm-hmm. Indian, but. We all hung out and, uh, well, you know, um, it's New York, everybody does hip hop every male. Well, when I was growing up, every male 18 to 30 could rap, everybody could rap. And, uh, it's just something you did. And then, you know, uh, uh, so I was into a really young, um, it was low key, like how I fit in. There was that when eight mile dropped, we, um, I started doing like battles in junior high and stuff. Um, I wouldn't win, but I could like, you know, I could like do crazy flows and stuff. So yeah, it was just like my way of fitting in. I really love rap music. I loved all all music really. And then uh, and then growing up, I used to, uh, when I was like 13, I used to make beats. I had a cassette tape. I didn't have a computer until I was like 18.
4: Okay. And then, uh, so I had like,
3: uh, no, like sixteen, and then so I had pause tapes. I would make beats, and then I made um, I used to make beats on Fruity Loops. Like I had like Fruity Loops seven. That's how long ago it was, and then um, yeah, just made beats. Always did like rap stuff. Grew up, you know, in New York, in the streets, you know, just like regular stuff.
0: And so like I what- mean,
3: uh, every everyone I knew listened to rap growing up, and then a bunch of us learned about the elements of hip hop became hip hop heads
0: what were some of the key artists that like particularly like informed your style because it's very much not like i can't nothing really comes to mind immediately Where it's like oh you probably listen to this guy that's why you sound like this it's pretty unique
3: i I definitely i'm influenced by like almost everything um i feel like because i listen to so much that i try to avoid biting. so i try Mm -hmm. to come up with some original styles but there's some bass stuff in hip-hop that's at like the root of everything so you know um like when i was really young it was like i got into hip-hop with like you know biggie biggie was like my favorite rapper they play him on the radio all the time yeah and then um i used to make little mixtapes on cassette um mr c would do uh during the summer he would do like the nine at nine or something so he would just play old school at noon every Every day for like an hour and I would make tapes of all those those songs and I really liked them. But I didn't, never knew what they were. And I would just listen to them from like age like nine to thirteen. And then when I was like 13, I I like went to the library and I Googled the lyrics to these songs I've been listening to. And then uh I'm like, oh, and then it turns out they were just like classic hip-hop songs like Trap Call Quest and like yeah. um and Black uh uh like Black Moon and you know, all these. You know, like the classic hip-hop stuff. So yeah, and then from there I'm like, oh, let me just listen to every hip hop album ever. And then I did. So it's like I you know, like I guess prior to like 2013, I listened to like every rap album like ever made. And then, you know, I love all the other genres because I started sampling too. So you know, yeah,
0: that's really clear in your music. Like even on uh I don't know if it's the big fucking baby. I think you sampled a it was some kind of like a Bjork type artist. I don't know if it actually was Bjork. could have been someone else then.
3: I have a tape I did that it's all Bjork beats that I did with Cool AD. It's called like Hyphy Ballads.
0: Oh, I have not heard so, of it.
3: Yeah, so it's like five tracks. All the beats are Bjork samples. But oh, I, I think I, I might have sampled Bjork too. Oh, uh, I did it for um, a track on Darko, Darko's album.
0: Oh, that's what I was listening to all yeah. those like yesterday. Yeah, it's the Darko project. Yeah, you sampled a Bjork song. It was very... I very much caught that. That was dope. Yeah, it's
3: so like, it yeah, like if, one of my favorite artists.
0: Yeah. So like you're that's what we were talking about a bit earlier, that you're obviously super into hip hop, very influenced by like all of it. But what kind of other artists? Um, and what kind of if other you, particular if you look genres? At my, like
3: my projects, I sample for almost all of it, but I I pull such crazy shit that no one's gonna even think that it's like they're not even gonna be catching where it's coming from, you know. Yeah. Like I've sampled some of the craziest shit ever, you know, like because I listen to like every, when I say everything, I listen to like, you know, like 60s folk and like, you know, like I listen to all doo every doo song, every, you know, uh, Motown song, every like wh- whatever you can listen to, I've like listened to it already, you know. Like mm-hmm. I had a period where I would listen to music for like 12 hours a day for like 12 years straight,
2: you know. That's crazy. So it's
3: like crazy. you can just, you can just do
0: all that yeah and i mean that's um, how you know i got an
3: autistic mind but you
0: know, that's no it's it's good for it's good for music at least damn um i'm curious like because you're like clearly like you were very much primed to given like who you were surrounded by everybody was into music into hip-hop how like i'm curious because when we were talking about when we first kind of connected we were talking about a whole like brown representation and all of that stuff but before we yeah. really get into that like I'm just curious how did your like how was it like with your family in terms of did they encourage this were they a very musical family themselves or were they like why are you wasting your time doing this music kind of thing get back um to
3: my my uncle in Bangladesh is like actually like a legit songwriter who's written like a 100 or 200 songs Wow on like pretty classic stuff so my mom's side of the family like always very musical we all like listened to it growing up but growing up it was like oh basically only like bollywood songs till i got but then like even my older brother he only listens to mainly indian music mm. but me it's like um that's how i kept myself busy so i i, I listened to everything um they didn't re- like they didn't really know i was Like, uh, I guess when I first started booking shows, then I told them um, there wasn't really an issue about it. It's just like more like we grew up really poor. So they understood that I was always gonna put money first. So basically like when I was in college, that's when I had a lot of like my biggest success. And then, um, you know, I guess like the last six, seven years, I've been working full-time job and just making music on the side. And uh, I feel like, you know, i do pretty well like i have pretty decent sales but at the same time you know it's like if i was making music full-time every day i don't know like what would have been better for me because at the same time a lot of people who who were still making music who came up when i did they all fell off you know whereas i feel like my music is kind of like it's not trying to copy a trend it's like this is i'm telling you how it is right now you know mm-hmm. so you know it depends like for me is like actually i i look at myself as an adult and i have to plan for my future so i have that day job you know where i i work in pharma and i'm trying to save money by property and make investments mm-hmm. you know because low-key as a rapper that's how you're judged. you know like if you're like 40 and you put out a fire album they're like okay that's cool but if you're like 40 and then someone there's a rumor that you made good investments they respect the hell out of you you know, that's the route I'm trying. You know? <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually, I'm, I'm buying my first place uh, like this next month. So yeah,
0: congratulations. Yeah, that, that's big. Is it New York?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's even more of a congratulations. I know that shit ain't
2: cheap.
3: So. Well, yeah, because I grew up poor and I grew up here, so I don't want to be a loser like the people that came around me. And I don't, I don't know what you're supposed. I don't know what how you're supposed to. There's a lot of fantasy when rappers talk about how much money they have, but for me, it's like I came up poor, and even to be upper middle class, that's a huge success for me. But at the same time, I feel like rappers who brag about their money are barely upper middle class, so I feel like it's a false way that they present financial, you know, terms to you. You know, I mean, mm. you yeah, know, depends what type of rap you listen to. Obviously, if you listen to underground rap, you might not think that way.
0: But uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: like, just doing the The podcast really for the past year in particular, as I've been getting not only listening to more underground hip hop and indie artists, but just um, getting to know them more and then also getting really like heavily into like Bandcamp and what they have to offer there. I love the platform. It really was eye opening. It's like it's one of those things. It's not like it was a secret, but like when you look (laughs) at some of the sales. Obviously, there's other ways to make money with music. There's shows, which I have no insight into, really, like how much money these people are making. But it's like, it was really eye opening. didn't shows to...
3: die after COVID? Like, I've yeah, but that's the thing. Shows,
0: shows are dying, but also it's like, I also think I was also just like under kind of a really pointless or not pointless, just completely fabricated, false impression that I mean, yeah, I assume no one not I didn't de- I never sorry I'm rambling. I never assumed it's that fine. all of these artists. <laughs> were clearly just making enough money to live off of music alone. I knew that wasn't true, but I assumed a larger more majority of them were than it's actually true, which is a very small minority actually yeah. can have the privilege of doing that. And I was like, damn, what have I been thinking? It's like, damn, these artists making amazing music and they're making a few grand a, a month, which is maybe good enough for them, but they have to have other jobs. Yeah. And it's Bro, like
1: let's let's break
3: it down by numbers. Yeah. Because I this is something that people in music they don't want to talk about this because you know it hurts their ego but it's better to be transparent about how much they're paid so that people can like okay if if people know that like the average rapper makes like 50k a year why are they gonna to listen to music that's like oh i'm fucking your bitch with my bvs do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it the the illusion is part of it you know they need that that illusion to sell their music. So why would they be transparent about how little they make?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so this would be pre-COVID. Let's say you were a touring artist, right? And you were mid market, like uh I don't know, like a good example to use, but like
0: mid market would that be rock. like would that be like um currency? I mean he has a huge fan base though. That's like Yeah, he would he would dedicated. be a little
3: if he's if he's mid, then I'm talking about below mid. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. He's he's like, like, like upper mid. mid. Let's yeah. say there's a
3: local mid, someone with let's say half the fan base of currency, right? Okay. That person touring, merch, music streams, everything combined, probably estimated. Let's say they'd make seventy-five thousand a year, uh, after uh after tax. Yeah, seventy-five k a year after tax.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, actually, that's not right. <laughs> it would be before tax. Um, let's say you average um a million plays of your music on Spotify a year, okay? That person, uh, so a million plays is only like, I think like $5,000 Yeah, it's or, nothing. And then if you factor in touring and merch for that artist, they probably make about 50K a year. Which, you know, is good, but think about like music, there's no 401k, it's not covering your health care. that's not- And you don't have a
0: guaranteed of- career of 40 years yeah. like you do in other businesses. Yeah. i was lucky
3: that my come up was when i was like age 17 like when i came up with greedhead i was the youngest one in the crew like i was still going like i was taking classes and taking tests when they were on tour and uh it was good for me because i realized like i had a, I had to make it like i had label offers right i had two label offers um they were pretty they were pretty bad they're like you know they're i wouldn't get i would get only like 10 percent of, of the profit or whatever mm-hmm they would cover distribution and marketing that's it but there it wouldn't even provide that much marketing and i was like you know i don't even know if i want to do this because like i didn't even feel like my style of music is like i I don't think it was like like i didn't feel like i was going to be able to just make pop music or whatever Yeah. yeah if i wanted to and so i was just like yeah like these deals aren't even i could just put it out myself and make the same amount of money I would have a much smaller audience, but I get a much bigger percentage. So that's what I did with debut. I just put it out myself. Like that was the album that I, uh, I, got, I was trying to shop. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I dropped that and then just retired. But really what, what it was is I was in school and I was on like academic probation, you know, and I needed to get my degree, but I got my doctorate and it's actually, you know, like I feel like I played it out well, but you know, who knows, you know, could have gone another way. Maybe if I kept making music, it could have gone differently,
4: but you know I, I feel it's... like
3: artists don't really. To me, I care about more about the money. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm trying to plan for my family and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So money-wise, I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> like I don't want yeah. to be i a... I don't want to have to be one of these artists now that's forced to make music to fit in in this climate, and to pay their bills. Like that seems like an L to me.
0: I think one thing that you're saying though, cause like if someone isn't really in tune with anything related to music and they just heard like the last one minute, they could be like, Oh, you're so shallow. You just care about the art, right? You don't care about the art. You care about the money. But I think yeah. actually what you're describing is but a way is, where yeah, you can actually be genuine a place
3: of privilege. I can yeah. talk about open. Yeah. But most artists, like 80% of them, either they're from a rich family or they're backed by like someone else with a lot of money, 80 to 90% of the time. That's why they, that's, that's why like the bigger ever,
0: artists. Those are like the ones that we like that's generic all of them. people that's here.
3: All of them. That's all of them. That's all these indie artists too. Because think about it like this. If making money or like having some type of uh, financial transparency was important to them, then they wouldn't be talking about it, but they're not. Because the type of stuff they talk about is stuff that only matters to these privileged people if you think about what artists talk about and what they fight for you know
0: yeah i think also my 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 view of things are skewed because i've just been so away from that scene i've been in like the... yeah, yeah yeah
3: i don't want to get into it because i'm i'm also doing broad generalizations yeah yeah and that's and what i different. want to make clear it's yeah, different yeah for people yeah. getting in the game at different stages
0: mm-hmm. i
3: was lucky to drop when i dropped i don't know if i dropped now there'd be anywhere as near interest Mm -hmm. for the type of music.
0: And, and I, what, what thing I was trying to get at before is that um, as the fact, because you're transparent and because you took the route where you're like, I want to secure my future. I need to make sure like I take care of myself and whatever your family, just doing what you feel is right, which I totally understand. That also in in turn actually allows you to be more authentic in your music. And I think that's a thing that people don't get because they're like, Oh, well, you're saying you care about the money that means you're just going to sell out it's like actually you can well, make the what music you want to make and you can be happy what you created you can own it but also it can be the the true authentic big 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 baby gandhi shit versus you like sign to a label and like having to spoon feed like mainstream fans that you don't really want to make music for necessarily anyway
3: um well i don't think they would i don't think they would like expect one thing or the other it would just be like i would i would create some stuff to you know reach a broader audience if i got a bigger percentage you know what i mean yeah that's, that was my issue mm-hmm. um because you know you don't want to just give away you know whatever like I, I make pretty decent money off my music as like a side in. that's how i look at my music now as now that i'm older
4: mm-hmm. like i
3: do care about it i just I just see it as like a like a third hustle where I can get money when I drop projects. But right now, especially with COVID, I'm like trying to get some of my other life shit together. And I'm just giving myself that time because, like I told you, like I want my next project to be like all analog gonna record it all cassette. So I feel like that could be really cool. Like just to do an album, like they used to do it back in the day, like the 80s.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
3: like I told you, like I listen to all, all periods. To me, my favorite hip hop is from the 80s, you know?
0: That's interesting, and so you want to record it. You want to you want to record it it analog too. That just to be clear, you want to actually record it. I'm gonna
3: record everything on cassettes.
4: and then I'm gonna get the cassette. That's cool.
3: As the as the original, and I'm gonna make digital copies to stream. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the the thinking, the thought process behind it is everything is recorded digitally, to the point where even the stock sounds or whatever, even if you record some like amazing piano, these engineers. They have to clean it up. And my thing is, like, I don't want to clean anything up. I want to record it as is. I want to play shit. I want to program shit the way it's going to sound final, mm. you know, like a band doing a performance and not mix any of it. Like, everything's digital. So my shit is going to sound crazy because none of it is mixed and it's all analog. Because it's going to affect, okay. So, like, when you listen to music, you're going to, you hear like, if you listen to music on Spotify, there's a certain setting that all music on Spotify is, has like a little sound to it. all music on YouTube because of the way the settings are. Yeah. So every time you hear shit, it's like, I would say that most music now you could, you could hear that has all been mixed on a certain, you know, like YouTube, like, you know, all the same tutorial, the same preset. Uh-huh. When you listen to music from the sixties and seventies, they're not mixing like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I'm just, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the details, but it's basically the way you're recording it, you
2: know?
0: No, it's gonna sound I'm way, interested it's gonna in that. Yeah, way. and it's a way to stand out too, um, add some personality back.
3: Well, it's also like, you know, everything, theres so, I actually feel there's a lot of great music right totally. now. I'm not shitting on it. There's just so much of it that it's so hard to find something different or like make your own imprint doing something different. And
0: and so I and hearing hearing you say that too, as someone that obviously is super into music as a true fan, like a true person who will take the time to look. That's interesting to hear from you too, because I I really sympathize with that because I hear that all the time, but from people that are definitely just casual fans and they're like, man, there's no good music out. And I and I can't even fathom it. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm look. so into yeah. it. But that's because I'm so like, it doesn't take me any time to find good music that's like quality, like unique has so much character because i'm just already in the spaces it takes me five seconds i'm like go to this site go to this check this page check these artists like it's just simple follow these people which i already have um that's why i do the show because i like it and i can show people good music because i know it's so impossible to find search through like millions of music like we never have dropped more music ever than right now there's like millions of songs new
4: songs every day Fuck my Veneto! almost forgot I should say that shit. Oh shit, it's Kando, looking like a vandor. From
1: Akkeke Kando to Mikano Kando, I'm in Toronto. It's a Canada. Manush bolish tukria, man be a movie star. Shift a couple bones up in my ribs. I'm on my own dick. Fingers in my ass. I'm making room. My shit is so big.
3: Yeah, and like, well, when you're younger, that's when you're supposed you're gonna just listen to music all day. Like, like, how old are you?
0: 26
3: 26? Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, when you're when you're like at that age still, you're just going through. You're just listening to music all the time, you know. Well, the thing that happens, like, this happens to all artists. Like, as you get older, your fan base stops listening to music. Damn. Because that's what like people usually listen to the same shit they listen to in like high school their whole lives, you know. Yeah, everybody. the average person, uh... not the music fan. I'm not talking about the music lovers. Yeah. That's like a you know, that that twenty percent that or like ten percent that carries. Music, but mm-hmm. all the casual listeners. Yeah, bro. Back in the day, people didn't like music like like the way everybody pretends they like music now.
0: It's an interesting people, thing. Streaming di- like did do that. I like yeah. music. You know what I mean? It's weird how like it's kind of like the way I see it. The way I like the way you said that because I see that in the same way people talk about Netflix because they talk about Netflix like it's a like it's a a type of media, but it's a platform. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh yeah, do you, it's like Spotify. It's like I don't know. I'm just talking about the song. Like go find it. Like I don't know where it's at. I don't yeah. even use Spotify like that. Um, it is weird because people are like, is that on Netflix? All right, cool. I'm not gonna watch it. It's like yeah. Okay, there's like millions of very easy ways well, you can watch the, it. The way
3: they talk about it though is because that's how it feels. That's how it really is. Yeah, it's a Netflix it experience. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Well, like like with music now, you know, people don't make songs anymore. Now you're making audio experiences, you know, you're creating like like the way TikToks are, like you're making something so that someone can use it for their little short video as the background for their post mm. so your music is to contextualize someone's post and that's not the same as a song but that's how me that's how you should look at music now definitely like, the
0: more mainstream stuff for sure because those are the I people mean, that are I don't, getting I don't know tagged
3: about the other stuff. yeah i don't know about the other stuff like uh, you, you listen, you love, you love underground rap, right? That's your thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that's that the life? thing. What's, it's what's
3: a, that life about, you know?
0: That life's about a lot of what you're, you're I think what you would appeal to you and also what, like, I definitely listen to, you. you know,
3: uh, mad shit. I just can't listen to it all the time. I, li- I like to mix up genres.
0: Yeah. Like, like I know I,
3: about it. I think it's dope, but sometimes you just want to listen to something else. Cause how you feel. You know?
0: Cause that's the thing. I'm so like, I'm, I follow the mainstream general music because i am on the online and i have friends but like i mostly listen to underground rap or just non-rap like that's the thing i don't i just i can't it's sometimes i need to remember that it's like like yeah i my existence of hip-hop isn't the f- six albums that dropped of any note of like the ysl yeah, that, album it's that's like
3: the worst way to listen to music the worst yeah, way like, to listen to music is like, like man COVID, oh yeah drake and kanye drop let's dude, listen to both pandemic, of them tonight. Then,
0: pandemic yeah. hip-hop has been absolutely disgustingly atrocious for the mainstream and it makes sense why would they release music when it's a pandemic future is going to drop a song where you're inside isolated no you need to be in the club like and i get it it's like it's just not the vibe so man there's been nothing good out for mainstream like i'm saying but literally there's been very few there's been like a handful i mean
3: it's just uh there there hasn't been like a newer wave yet the beats are kind of the same
0: yeah there's
3: usually a new wave every like every year so
0: yeah twenty twenty twelve 2012 was a nice time around that time was just a lot of fresh shit Kanye was still kind of like peaking Drake was just coming in Kendrick was like a new thing uh yeah. schoolboy QTDE like there was a lot of fresh things that have, and then even like to 2015 the trap stuff like the like the the prime future prime Migos even like mainstream was like it was it was making waves now they're like I think it'll come the mainstream is gonna have a a rise with like some newer artists. It just hasn't happened yet. I don't think.
3: I feel like yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep in, like I don't want to come off critical. I feel like you know, rap is so big now that it just can't keep this amount. Just can't keep it up like this. You know, I think there's probably gonna be some other thing that takes over, or maybe rap becomes more divided between its subgenres or something.
0: I i a feeling like it's, that's. Yeah, what I just happen. feel like it's
3: pretty stale. Like not not in terms of like I'm not trying to criticize the music or the artists. I think it's part of the overall culture, right? I think the overall culture and, that's, and our that's what drives Our overall yeah. stale, right? And then we have we all have our like little niche interests, but the the big mainstream stuff that brings everyone together, that stuff is kind of in a, a loop. Mm-hmm. Like it's been Marvel movies. Like Marvel movies bring everyone together for like what? Bro, you know
0: um, you know AT T. Yeah. Like you know AT T, right? I always say it my least like my, it's a really, it's a not a good sign. And it's a sign to your point of like the generic stale trap music. That's like an accepted thing in corporate ads now. Like there's just yeah. a random disgusting trap beat at the, in this AT&T yet yeah. it's getting, it's getting to the point where it's getting to the stale aspect. I do yeah. think it's thriving, but not necessarily as a, like a culture in terms of if they want to keep dominating, like if being like, if rap was a person, it needs yeah. to make some changes because it's going to start to, fizzle out, which I don't know how much I care about, as long as the music and the artists I care about. My my
3: opinion is that actually we're, because of the way our government has controlled the media messaging, uh, that uh, we're actually stuck in a loop that will never end. I actually don't think that our current state of back and forth culture war, um vapid mainstream materialism um you know evoking the worst stereotypes to generate uh, attention I actually think it's going to be in that cycle uh you know for the time being until something dramatically changes it's going to be like that it's not going to change or get better that element is so ingrained in the American culture itself like mm. the actual people and what they like and I don't see any of that changing unless the reality of people's lives changing, you know.
0: And yeah, we can we can get to that because like uh, when we talk, talk about, about
3: it's applied to movies, mm-hmm. politics, music, it's all a broad social engineering. And they want us to feel a certain way in our heads. They want us to feel isolated from community, and uh, they want you to feel like helpless and like uh, yeah, pretty much, you know. And, and of course, to be mad, to be mad at, uh, your fellow man or woman, uh, instead of being, uh, you know, trying to gain economic rights. That's the essential yeah. mode
0: right now. That, that situation is something we are talking about with, we, we live in a society before this, um, before we hit record. Yeah. We live in a matrix. Yeah. And like you're, you were saying particular, which I found interesting, we didn't get into is that like particularly in your role in your job right now as a medical writer in the pharmacy industry within a fucking pandemic you have a pretty unique perspective on like seeing the cognitive dissonance seeing the discourse and how dangerous or lack of like intellectualism there actually is and and you were saying that particularly that you weren't it makes you not hopeful so could you expand on like zero hope? yeah yeah so why do you say that
3: (laughs) um what what i was saying is um As a medical writer, I wrote a series of vaccine papers for for Pfizer a few years ago. Um, I know a lot about it. And then when COVID happened, I saw how it just became a tool for the culture wars. And uh, there's a lot of failure on the medical community to be transparent about it, to make people feel safe. Um, People are attacking Joe Rogan. Meanwhile, he's actually been the most honest broker He's actually been the most transparent about this stuff, which is sad. Um, How was that
0: that the case? I'm curious about that.
3: um, Because he's actually had like uh, people on from the medical community who tried to, you know, correct some of the stuff that the CDC has been saying. Hmm. And so he gave them platforms to do that. Um, You'll see that a lot of stuff. I mean, I I really don't want to answer this, but you see a lot of the stuff that the CDC said that rogan would talk about they would say like no he's lying in this and then six months later this that thing, has happened a couple of the times the cdc sure. has said like yeah, actually i'm aware of that
0: I have a, the, i'm not a fan you, of rogan they, and what he's done but it's not like it's all negative in terms of how he's treated that topic but yeah we don't need to get into that too much
3: well you know he's just not part of i'm not saying he's a genius i'm just saying that simply not being an arm of the state propaganda makes you more honest than the state propaganda itself that's, it's not that's, saying, that's not saying that's much, but it's just- a, Yeah, it's not saying much, but it's
0: saying something, you know. It's
3: yeah, and state so it's, it's up to you how much of the government lies you want to eat up. It's not my, it's not like, I don't care. Your diet of lies is up to you. Whatever fake thing you want to believe, that's on you. I'm not gonna get people to change, mm-hmm. you know. I don't even want to make it about vaccines because we see this happen in all other areas, like uh, like the economy with the inflation. I don't know if you're following that. Yeah. They said last year, they said there's going to be no inflation. Then there's like, oh, there's 3% inflation. Oh, no. Now it's 7%. In reality, if you were to maybe accept that the government lies sometimes, we can accept that that means the real inflation rate is probably around 15%. And they'll tell us that next year. You know, if you were, you know, (laughs) just saying, you know, you don't just believe everything the government tells you.
0: Do you find there's like so? I guess you're pretty confident that there's ways that they believe they, being just generally the state, that they can get away with because they are public in some ways. Some of this data is the stuff available. I'm talking about
3: is public knowledge. I'm not trying to bring in conspiracy.
0: No, I know that. Um, I know that. So,
3: for example, uh, we have recorded video recording of Nixon's uh, chief of staff saying that they created the war on drugs as I a way to target black yeah. people. And yeah, that went out jail,
2: recently,
3: as well as homosexuals. Yeah, they said, how can we wage war on them so that they don't vote against us in the next election? And so they said, let's do the war on drugs. Now, we all know about this and we try to talk about this, convince people with statistics to try to not sound crazy, but it's open knowledge.
2: hmm.
0: I find that tough like to try to balance your understanding of history understanding shit like this that the government and just other powerful people have done and powerful institutions have done while also not just thinking blanket therefore everything because i think that's the thing that people do a lot if they do have some knowledge yeah. they kind of go to the opposite okay then everything's a lie then everything is not true which is like yeah. you kind of have to take everything very yeah. case by case basis which is not the fun thing to yeah. actually like look at every individual situation well, a really, evaluate it a
3: really good way to manage that, is to just look at what they do in other countries as examples. So sometimes it's like, you know, people think America is like the worst place in the world. It's not. We're the most democratic country in the world. Sorry, it's true.
4: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. like,
3: think about how many countries where not only does your vote not matter, like they'll just fill it in for you. They'll vote for you or they'll behead you if you're part of a political party. That's like most countries. That's just how it is. America rigs elections in other countries so easily, right? That their vote doesn't matter. It's harder for them to rig elections here. That, that's definitely true. Countries. That's that, that's
0: fucking true. That's super true. I'm just speaking, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, that's like super true.
3: So we can look at certain things and know how things are better. Um, let's say things like infrastructure, like we have like you know, public roads and stuff like that. Maybe we're in the top 10, top 15 it's not the worst you know there's definitely places with no infrastructure no roads no clean water we don't have it in some places in the u.s don't have it so that's why i'm saying it's not in the top 10 but we're in like mm-hmm. the top 12. you know what i'm trying to say there's like yeah, we're still in the, the
0: developed we're still i mean like we you're i'm not from the states but you know there's, I get there's the different point. things yeah.
3: like a prison population we're actually number one you know we have the most people in prison
0: Oh, okay, I was like what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was like that's Yeah, not you know, a that's that's thing. like yeah. that's
3: an area where actually we have we have less freedoms than in other places. So mm-hmm. maybe that's worth like a freedom worth fighting. For. You know. We have mm-hmm. this is the only place in the country with free speech in the world with free speech. Even in UK you get a in England you get, you know, you get a citation for using free speech. You got to pay taxes to watch cable TV or something. You know. I'm just saying, bro, there's there's different ways to compare the U.S. It's not the worst place, not the best. If you can, if you want to. Well,
0: that's the thing. It's case by you case. Could, you, could just, yeah. you
3: could just be like, you know, there's people, because some people are immigrants, so they have, they're okay with certain things. But other people who may not be immigrants, maybe they feel like they should have a say in how America, you know, is, uh, you know, how they make their laws and shit. So go ahead and do that,
2: you know. Mm -hmm.
3: especially you know even minorities minorities should just be like oh yeah this is our country it was capitalist in the past but it doesn't have to be now we can have more social services they give people money simple Mm
2: -hmm. you know
3: you have the you have the right and privilege to do that if you so choose but what happens is the state makes us argue about these culture war things and not focus over money uh, to address our financial insecurity."
0: That I 100% agree with.
3: Whenever they have minorities from the Democratic Party talking about racism, they never talk about uh, the fact that money will solve many of these issues because they don't want to. They want to focus on some minor celebrity who got insulted or something like that. You know, that's why it's by design. It's not that, oh, the Democrats are stupid. They're not stupid, it's by design because their donor base, is those like uptight white liberals, oh, I would have voted Obama a third time. Yeah. So when they see some minor microaggression, that's enough for them to donate money. And now they don't have to address any of the economic issues. Yeah, because so they wiped out. their
0: hands clean. They did their job. Yeah. They they're supporting anti-racism yeah, we, in their we got the
3: orange man out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Orange man bad. Yeah.
3: I me personally, I just don't like how they use they use minorities to like they speak on their behalf as if a few minorities or politicians represent what actual minorities think for few. even a majority of them, because obviously, you know, you're not a Mongol. And, no and the
0: the bad thing about that, too, is that uh, because they're speaking as if they're speaking on behalf of all of us, it's also leads to the thing where since they're focusing on all the dumbest shit ever, it makes us look it makes stupid. us look bad, like, like, oh, you guys, care about you guys, you guys, yeah, you only care about petty, random. It's like, I mean, even, and even in those, a lot of things, that was just really insidious, and this is the thing I really don't like, is that they're, they, it's not like necessarily some of the culture war stuff isn't like valid in the sense like, yeah, yeah you yeah. shouldn't do that. Don't say that. That's kind of mean. That's just unnecessary. Let's try to not do that. But they make that the number one priority. Yeah, it's they like, frame it's the definitely, it's definitely not the number one priority. This thing that someone said to someone Versus, let's actually have like more equality in terms of how we distribute funds, taxation, all that shit, because that actually matters to their walls yeah. and their own. that's where it stops.
3: They think that minorities are so stupid that we don't care about money. That's why. That's that's how sad. Well, okay, this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Let's say you're a, a minority who's always had to vote Democrat because Republicans are so racist, right? That's mm-hmm. true. Republicans mm-hmm. are worse than Democrats and racist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we agree. Okay. Yeah. So just so if you don't, if you decide that I'm no longer voting Democrat, does that mean that you're handing a win over to the Republicans? My thing is no, this is why. Because your only power is as a swing voter. So the Republicans are not claiming to speak on your behalf, but the Democrats are. So by a party claiming to speak on your behalf, they actually owe you material benefits. So if you don't, if they don't provide any material benefits to you, you're actually a sucker to continue to vote for them. I'm not saying vote Republican, you can vote third party. You could write in Kanye West. You could write in, you know, like someone you actually like. Let's say you're some, you know, super radical. You could write in Tupac, okay? As long as you're voting and not for the Democrats, you're withholding your vote. And now you've you've created an incentive for them to provide you material benefits. One that they currently do not have if you continue to vote for
0: Yeah. It's a really big like catch catch 22 because people, I think a lot of people do have that thought process, but then they kind of, and I think it's super fair and valid. And I don't have the answer to what how to solve it and how to message it, but it's like, well then yeah, but then they actually may, the Republicans actually may win and they'll do slightly worse. And it's like, and for some people that slightly worse matters, like that's like, that's life and death or at least like sort yeah, of that's that's not even though framing. the Democrats are barely doing anything better. So it's it's just really shitty. That's the it's,
3: it's like a false framing. Well, yeah. the, also, the other part is the only time they will get something passed is when both parties agree. And that's when they pass the worst shit, the craziest shit is when both parties agree, that's the most that's like the the drone war. That's like the, you know, trillion dollar military budget, all the stuff mm-hmm. that you you know, let's say you're, you know, a progressive person, all the stuff you don't want, you are actually helping keep, keep propped up.
4: Yeah. And and as a
3: minority, if you're a minority, think about it, bro. Why are you letting them speak on your behalf? The reason they focus so much on swing voters in the Midwest is they call them literally, they call them Obama, Trump voters, bro. Because they switch back and forth between the party. Mm. So as a voter, you only really have Okay, so basically your vote doesn't matter right because mathematically you're one out of 300 million your vote doesn't matter the ones who might matter are the ones who always. swing their vote change yeah. their vote, so you should become a swing voter so that your vote matters that's
2: if you want to vote
3: correctly Okay, especially if you're a minority. And i'm not saying you have to vote Republican you can literally write in whoever you want that's where your power lies
1: but i'm only saying that
3: now because in 2024 the democrats are going to lose so badly oh my god they're (laughs) going to shame they're going to shame people that they're racist and anti uh they're sexist and anti uh, and homophobic they're going to smear that so heavy because one that's all they have and two they're not allowed to talk about economic issues because they have the same economic platform as the republicans
0: yeah it's like a slightly you'll see that
3: they're going to push that very hard yeah, totally. That's why I'm telling people
1: now, before it happens. On my way to the lab and my first real fans and my first real grand.
0: And one thing I want to get to, because we're talking on the topic of minorities, like one of the things, as I mentioned in the preamble here to start the interview is about like representation in music. And I find the idea of representation is kind of related to what we're talking about here too, because it's, I find it's tech, it's very often very insidiously used, very much like what you're saying, where it's like literally drone strikes, uh, drone strikes and all that. It's like, I've seen memes, but this is literally true because I've seen this like, about uh, bombs that are now green-friendly bombs. And it's like a positive, or it's like, oh, we have trans drone strike operators to kill murder, uh, innocent brown kids in the Middle East. Like, that's how it is. But that being said, I do think there is value in that. And I saw that firsthand with you and like the Das Racist folks, Heems, when I first heard you on Bangles, on that Nehru Jackets mixtape back in like 2013 when I first heard it that shit like genuinely made me feel something. Cause at that point yeah. I literally never had any, any South Asian hip hop person that I ever interact, uh, ever heard. And it was like, not only were you dope, not only was the music great, but it's, it's also that you weren't the stereotypical Brown guy in the media, which is sexually repressed, socially awkward, a fucking weirdo. That's like a gross yeah. person. And it's just a punchline in big bang theory. Like the entire vibe was hip hop but you also did bring like the Bangladeshi culture along for the ride. Like all of that was in the music. So it wasn't, it was still authentic. And so I, once, I just want to say genuinely, like, I appreciate that. I think there's value in it. And I want you to expand on a couple of thoughts that you, we we briefly shared back and forth uh, offline. Um, One thing you said was that you found new, new Brown rappers make the mistake that they can only be accepted through the lens of blackness instead of just being themselves. So could you like speak yeah. to that more?
3: Yeah. I feel like, um, it's part of being a person too. So my music, what I really like, okay. So the way I really fell in love with hip hop was cause I started listening to a lot of like, um, conscious rap. Like that's to me, it's still my favorite. That's mm-hmm. like tribe de la soul. Also like poor righteous teachers, X clan, um, jungle brothers. Nice. Um, there's there's really so many, you know, um binary star. Like there's just so many, right? And to me, it's because I actually grew up really poor and I was listening to this music that was like, or even like go like Wu Tang actually. Wu Tang is amazing at this. Like Ghostface rapping about, you know, like uh, we slept four to a bed and then we didn't like to sleep with John John. He peed the bed, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's like how I grew up. Uh, you know, my family, four of us had to live in one room in a one in a two-bedroom apartment Damn. for, like, the first five years when we, you know, because we remember it, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and I am I was, like, 13. I'm still, you know, poor. So I'm like, oh, like, oh, being poor isn't bad. Actually, if I talk to other poor people about it, we're actually proud that we, we made it through. So to me, hip-hop actually had a value outside of just music.
4: Mm-hmm. It was
3: like, oh, yeah, I'm struggling now, but there's going to be a way out. Or, like, not even a way out, just, like, it's okay that I'm struggling, because it's part of life, right? And I think and one that, thing that really just, carried over, yeah. So one thing to just jump in probably.
0: there, I want to say, like, because I really like how you said that. One thing also, like with the Wu Tang, not only that, but you could live, like, you could live a dignified life. You could be cool. You could still oh, have like that, va- yeah. like be like a person that's. You could confident. be a common
3: man, and it's okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's actually fresh. Like, oh damn, like these guys are fucking like fly as hell, but they're still poor. Yeah.
3: So they gave you some that's what I was always trying to do with with my music. So it was like, I don't know how to do it. But like, depending on the time. like I always want my music to reflect the time and be like, even if you're like not even if you're flawed, you have all these things that's technically whack, you could still be dope because your style is dope. That's how I always looked at it. And that's how I looked at. So I learned a lot of this through hip hop, you know, growing up like as just listening to it. But at the same time, it's like, I believe that in life, like, yeah, like, you may not be like the tallest, you may not be the light skinned dude, you may not be the prettiest, smartest, but you can find your thing and just do, as long as you do something in your own style, that's how, that's to me how I look at hip-hop. as long as you do something in your own unique dope style, you'll be good, even if it's doing something common, like, like, I don't like, I don't know, like, like, I used to be a busboy at an Indian restaurant, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be the flyest bus busboy, and, and I was like, you know, I went around making jokes and cleaning people's you know stuff and like you know like making jokes and they would give me more tips and stuff like that like mm-hmm. you find your own style of doing something that's what hip-hop was so that's how i looked at my music but also just life is like yeah like i'm it's gonna be hard even if you look at being a brown person like it's gonna be hard for me to fit in and disprove other people's experiences with other south asians mm-hmm. you know they're gonna meet certain people and have a certain way what I can do is I can always do things my way like so when I look at stuff I'm not looking at it like am I going to be black or am I going to be white I'm like oh no what's what's Nafis? what's Nafi? what's big baby gone and it's always been like that for me so I've never had any issues with like being accept, accepted in rap or hip-hop because I was always just trying to do something that I thought was dope for me like what I thought was dope. so I never had the issue of like I don't I don't even remember the question, but it's like you don't have to try to fit in because like fit into what, you know, especially if yeah. you're brown, there's no path for you. There's no model you can there's no like person who came before you you can copy. So you have no choice but to be original. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, no, like whose like who style
3: do you want to steal? Like yeah. You know?
0: And that's like super you're right. It's so applicable to life. Cause like even if you are thinking, like, even if you are have issues with validation and you want to get that from other people, it's like If you're not authentic, people smell that and they won't gravitate to you. So it's like maybe you won't gravitate. Everybody won't gravitate to you because not everybody's for everybody. Well, yeah, that'll be a real thing. That'll be a real connection. And that for hip hop as a like a creator, you get real fans. But as a person, you get real people that fuck with you just as like a person.
3: Also from like artistic perspective, like, you know, why do you like I don't even understand like these newer people, why they make music. Some of them aren't really music fans they're using music as a vehicle to get um you know Fame, followers money, or like yeah. to get i want it's not a bad thing because it's cool it's good to make friends have a social network i don't think it's bad but you know it's like there's there's a there's different reasons people do things so you don't really know and a lot of people use music as stepping stone to you know like legit careers in other areas so mm-hmm. You know, and music is, is mostly about marketing. So it's about your look and your brand. So, but, you know, if you were trying to be an artist, then you wouldn't even want to bite other style. You would want to just be like, oh, I'm going to come up with some bullshit of my own. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
3: it really, it really depends. You know, like, I feel like these, the newer, just musicians in general, like there's, like, there's some really dope, like original art. And then there's a lot of people, maybe it's just because there's so much music, there's a lot of people just
0: trying to fit in. Oh, totally, totally. Um, well, I'm not saying there's not
3: good shit. I'm just
0: no, yeah, yeah, I know. I think I think you made your point. There's a lot of cookie
3: cutter music,
4: you
0: know. Thousand percent, thousand percent. And a- another thing I like that you said I thought was pretty interesting is that, and this is something that I can't even, I-, I was surprised to hear because, obviously, I was at the age where I was listening to music, but I was not nearly as in tune as when you were really kind of blowing up there um you said that back then so like back in let's just say 2011 2013 time frame you never thought that the scene at that point in 2011 would be more open to brown rappers than they actually are now and i just i didn't even expect to hear that but so so why do you think that's the case
3: um i think there's like a couple well like It's like, okay, one is like, I don't feel like people go out as much as they used to. So when we used to do shows, it's because there were a lot of parties going on. Like There would like be three, four parties. Maybe it's also like I'm getting older, but like with COVID, there's definitely way less parties. And the way people used to hang out back then, like 10 years ago, was all the different scenes. Like, let's say you like uh, rock, let's say you like goth, let's say you like rap. They would all go to each other's parties. So we would all be at each other's things just because we're all the same age, you know, so you'd have all these parties with people from different scenes, going to different stuff. So when we had shows in Brooklyn, and like Williamsburg, we would have the rock people there, because, you know, it's the same venues, too. So you'd have like rock or pop, like, or not pop, but like, you know, you you know, you used to have people who only liked like folk music mm-hmm. in back then. So like, you know, all these people would be going to each other's uh, shows and you know like they were like collaborating like there was like a mixture of people from all backgrounds and stuff but now like when you try to go to stuff now everything feels like its own its own niche like you go to a you go to like a rave everybody's a rave person you go to like because I try to go out and you know see what's hot and it's like oh it's really kind of not like that anymore you know mm-hmm. and I just think people party differently now also maybe it's like there's some cool shit i'm just not invited to so that's why i feel like that but you know what i mean like in general it didn't used to just be able to walk into a bar and there'd be some shit going down
0: and so do you think that it's because of that reason that like someone who is like an authentically brown rapper is like it's harder for them to like just kind of naturally think, think be open people, get open yeah, think ears what brown to brown
3: people who are looking for like representation or acceptance or whatever that is need to accept that that's only going to happen in an environment that's multicultural right so you can't really just be around only brown people and get that type of feeling of acceptance at the same time you can't just be the one brown person
1: Mm.
4: and it's
3: all white people you know you're never going to get that feeling of acceptance so really and also if you think about it we're only like two or three percent of the population you know it's unrealistic for us to party with only people of our race yeah
2: you know what I'm yeah, exactly
3: so ideally for us is we want like a multi like you want a setting that has all sorts of people from different backgrounds and that's the best way for brown people to be able to get that feeling of acceptance and community you know instead of coming from a place of like oh they they think this of me you know like you know what i mean like instead of coming from a negative place where you mm-hmm. feel like people are judging you you just need to accept that You'll only be accepted in multicultural environments because you are of a different background, and that kind of means taking the responsibility for fostering that. You know, to reaching out, being uncomfortable. Yeah, you got to be more comfortable with people of other backgrounds if you want people to accept you for being of a different background.
0: That's a big reason why, like, uh, when I think about like you know my just personal life, next steps for me, like one thing because you say like the two to three percent in Toronto, it's literally like fourteen percent. Oh, okay. nice, nice. it's the most insane like nothing like it other than like like maybe surrey in vancouver, in the vancouver area and that's yeah, a big guess, reason yeah. because i Ottawa is very similar it's like three four percent and it's like either you're the one brown person or you're all brown mm-hmm. and it's like
3: yeah that's not gonna help you <laughs> yeah well i guess i'm i'm lucky i grew up in new york and so i mean Queens. so that's every single race i know someone from every country
2: that's so wonderful. it's like,
3: I always, you always had to be able to get along with different people. And the other thing is like, once you're really friends with people, of different backgrounds, it's like, you could be way more honest. So you develop like a thick skin. So I don't get phased. If someone judges me for my background, I know all the jokes and I can crack them back. So I don't feel, I never felt not accepted or like I didn't belong. So I never projected that, mm-hmm. you know?
2: yeah I feel that just
3: facts and also you know like I love rap so much that I was like oh I'm just gonna be a dope person and my music's always gonna be good so that's how I look at it
0: okay I wanted to ask you about like how how did you first stumble upon big baby Gandhi as a name that's obviously a big important fact
3: um I had like a lot of corny rap names I was trying to be like an intelligent rapper and then um I just came up with it uh when I when I was sending out demo tapes um so so the real reason is like um it's it's after uh ODB who was my favorite rapper back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, big so his, his nickname was Big Baby Jesus.
4: Oh yeah. And I wanted
3: to do Gandhi because I'm brown. And also like Gandhi is that's how other kids made made fun of brown kids growing up. Mm-hmm. So in New York back then, the way they called Indian kids was Gandhi. They'd be like, they would do Gandhi Mandi Mandi. That was how they made fun of you. But I didn't think it was like a bad thing. It was like haha, that's Gandhi Gandhi, like. You know, just taking it back, but then you know, I feel like it's also not great because a lot of people got fake woke about Gandhi, so there's there's that aspect of it too. It sounds like, um, it's like like a fat Indian guy who thinks he's black, big baby Gandhi. So I think that's pretty funny, and I think that's gonna be a funny trope throughout. Like as we get, because this is the thing, I'm the first, I'm the first like Bengali American rapper like ever. So there's way more Bengalis now than there was just because of how many kids we have, right? Mm-hmm.
4: And
3: so there's Bengali's gonna be a part of American culture in like, you know, the next couple of decades. But Big Baby Gandhi was like forever. Yeah. You think there's not gonna be another in Bengali person who looks like me who tries to rap in the next 20, 30 years? They're gonna make a movie about it. They're gonna have to use my name. You know what I'm saying? Like I have yeah. such a lane, you know, big baby Gandhi. It's just not it's fun to say. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we got it, but like someone was, I was talking to my friend about it. And I said, as long as there's no other Brown rapper with a funnier name than mine, I'm always going to have this lane, you know, not, you know, there's dope Brown rappers out there. I'm not saying, I'm just saying my name just sticks. Oh, it
2: it sticks.
0: Anytime I mention it, it's like, I always, I know I'm going to get a reaction out. Someone's like, oh, I'm talking to big, big Gandhi. They're like, oh, who's that? Wow. That's interesting. I'm fucking intrigued. Like.
3: I was the first big baby too. Oh yeah? The same. Well, you know, after ODB. Well, like there's other big babies. There's a lot of babies now
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the most common name now these days, I feel. Um, One thing I want to get into is like, as you talk about like sending your demos out and all that shit, like once you got to the point where you're ready to release uh, a full length project, you dropped a big fucking baby. I think it was 2011. And like we talked about, it was very well received critically by listeners, created a solid buzz for you. Like, how did it feel getting that project out to the world? And were you surprised by the reception that you got?
3: Yeah, I was pretty surprised because I made the whole thing in my closet. Like, I didn't think that anyone was really going to listen to it. It was definitely like viral before viral, you know. And the thing was, all I had at the time was an album cover and no pictures of me. So nobody knew what I looked like. At that time, and there was only like one tumblr picture of me like mad blurry with my my eyes uh, like uh, like whited out. You know, so no one really knew what I looked like so that was like a dope couple months and then I had the next tape ready and. Like I was you know I was like 1819 then so it was like the best time for me to wrap well no, I was like no I was like 2021 20, yeah. Hmm. But a, a lot of the songs on big fucking baby i've been making you know, like while I was in college. It's actually like when I was in college, I I quit rap because I was like, no nobody, there's no good rap now. And then I made I started like a punk band, and I tried making a bunch of like stuff like that. And then I was making a bunch of like, like when Justice and Crystal Castles was popping, I was trying to make a bunch of like, damn, disco tech tech music. Wow. And that's how I linked up with, like that's how I could find out about that's racist music was, because I was really into like Passion Pit and. All, all that stuff and interesting so then w- when i sent what i what happened was i sent dap a bunch of beats that's how i got linked to them and it was because um i thought he would fuck with like the i would send him like disco beats like like crystal castle's beats i wasn't sending him like you know boom bap or anything mm-hmm. i think like that's what's so dope about that greed head movement was you know even now there's like this false binary where it's like you either gotta do like either like woke or hard boom bap or like fun turn up uh, ignorant trap. It's like this false binary. But like back then, like we were doing like dance music that was fun and like not serious. And that's like super that was just super valuable. Like, n- you know, nobody really replaced that lane yet to me. Mm-hmm. That's why I love. That's why I love Tribe Call Quest, De La Soul to me. Like that's they were doing the same thing, like like fun, uh, upbeat dance rap that wasn't too serious.
4: Yeah,
0: and i think there still was value in the lyricism like you guys either were really funny oh, or sure. you, you would make social commentary but like again it's not in a way where it's like yeah all the shit we were doing then be it
3: became so so common after that like, yeah. like the way we all dressed everybody just as like the normal person dressed like that like three four years later being and a normal called- person
0: was was uh revolutionary just generally yeah. being a normal person and that's your like your yeah. brand is just normal it's like oh okay interesting yeah, and then you know that was possible.
3: The, all the political stuff, people weren't woke like that back then. You know, when we were talking about that political stuff, so nobody even nobody even did that. So but whatever. it's like we created a model not just for rap but for people's online personalities. You know what I'm trying to say?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: A lot, like a lot of people's posting style comes from us.
0: that's interesting.
3: I'm just saying, and to me, like that's what's hard about rap now is because rap when I was coming up was about a certain type of like bars. But now the best bars are, like, the one-liners on Twitter. Like, you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice is, like, a bar. It's, like, th- if you think about it, the way people interpret bars,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know? Like, so hey, was she fucking the weed man for weed? The bitch that's fucking the text man for text. That's, that's like, a bar from 2012. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn. <laughs> so that's why, like, if you're a rapper now, that's why the people rap a certain way now. That's why if you're making like melodic trap songs, it doesn't matter what you're, you're not focusing on the lyrics. You're trying to sound good. Mm-hmm. And then if you're doing like, um like more underground rappy rap, you can't just say like the one-liners anymore because that's really what posting is for. Now you're just doing like, you know, like, oh, check out my flow over no drums. And like, you know, I'm going to get smart on you. I'm going to get real insightful on you, you know? But mm-hmm. that whole lane of like, just being like, like clever and not too serious, that's posting that's what posting. If you think it's
0: interesting. It. Yeah. Like shit posting is So it changes the style thing. of the rap. Yeah. That's where the
3: hardest bars are is the post.
0: That's an interesting thought. Um and when you're talking about how you cuz you briefly just touched on that talking about how you connected with with the uh, dash racist like just generally like how how important was that relationship? or is that relationship with Das Races, Heems, and, and all of that crew? Like, how how influential is that to your your life and your career?
3: I mean, you know, I don't think people would have found out about me if it wasn't for them, but, you know, like, there were also, like, a lot of other artists in that camp, and, you know, we all had our own separate careers, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my thing is, like, well, what about trying to, like like, what's going on with New York Rap now? And it's, like, I wanna be part of some underground New York rap scene now. I just don't know what it is. And I don't know if I'm part of it. And maybe that's just because I'm working full time, but like I don't know. And it's like it's mad work to foster that community and to do that. But like I know they're doing it in New Jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Fat Boy Sharif. Oh fuck with the 89th, the Brainchild. So yeah, like exactly. Oh you they, fuck That's with like him? a legit scene. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you
3: know. They got like a legit scene there though. That's what I'm saying. Like you could go to a show there and, and Watch them. Yo, or, watch like, together, you know, if you're if all artists together, obviously
0: I'm I'm a foreigner, so don't I'm not trying to speak for people here, but I just the people that you mentioned, like Fat Boy Sharif, like the the crew we mentioned, PTP, like I i could put you into contact with some of those guys because there's some really good creative as fuck yeah. New York hip hop coming out that's like really rejuvenating, yeah, and I mean, really wholesome. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm tied with Fat Boy, but I'm
0: just saying, like yeah. it's because they're good, you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he's fucking ill. Um uh, so one other yeah, thing, low Loki.
3: Uh, low key. I'm trying to work on an EP with Fat boy. It's just taking some time. Cause I, I'm like making my,
0: yeah, that's a great combo. That is a yeah. fucking great combo. That, that yeah. just makes I mean, so you much know, sense. We're try,
3: I'm trying to get all the songs done before I just say when it, when it is, but we've been working on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have like two or three songs.
0: So, um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we started like, talking and chatting for real i think we've kind of talked about it a bit it's just like that time when you decided to take a break i think you've been pretty clear about what your reasoning was you just really wanted to focus on securing your future uh entering well isn't
3: that like for everyone like i'm not just i'm not trying to like don't other people have to work and the the artists the artists that don't have to work you know probably someone pays their bills so whatever you know that's not Mm -hmm. me i pay my parents bills you know different life
0: that's a fucking blessing that's a and that's a, something you work well, you for. know it's like I'm made a decision golly,
3: bro. For like it. i'm I'm only put on this earth to be a laborer i don't I'm not like other people where I feel like i'm I was entitled to like a a dream job or like I had to you know what I mean like I never felt like The only fate for me was to work hard my whole life hmm. and, and help people by providing for them. Cause i'm bengali that's my goal in life
2: mm-hmm.
3: so <laughs> you know i could do whatever ill shit i want my way but i have to do that you know what i mean like i could i could be a provider whatever way i want but i have mm-hmm. to provide
0: you know that resonates with me for sure and uh, and
3: i feel like it's like that for everyone too it's just like they don't it is. you're not allowed to just say it open
4: it
0: is because people take it a certain way again they'll they'll say shit like sell out or oh you're not really in the don't even appreciate music then it's like go fuck off like (laughs) honestly if
3: anything the fact that i wouldn't i wouldn't you know put put my music at the behest of whether or not it can support me financially makes my music more authentic
0: that's that's literally what i was trying to say before it's like it actually allows you to do what you really want you yeah, don't have to cater you know, when was, to make yeah, when money. I was
3: really young that I, I was watching MTV too and there was this alchemist commercial, like you know, like he would have these little uh segues between commercials. Like the,
0: like the producer of the alchemist?
3: Yeah, the producer of the alchemist. Oh, okay. I'm like too yeah. young
0: for that. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, and
3: then he had this thing and he was just playing the piano and he was like, if you ever wanna really make that real hip hop, don't make it your day job. Said it. And yeah. everyone was like, Yeah, probably couldn't. Yo, I never thought I would have a rap career. I just made music for fun. And I just put it out online and when it, it just went viral. Like people just wanted to review it and they're like, you know, this, this guy's Indian, but he's not, Oh wow, <laughs> he's, he's not, <laughs> I don't, I feel like I have a way, different view of looking at a lot of this waste stuff than other people. So I don't know the lens with which we're allowed to talk about it. I feel like ultimately we're all the same, but you know, if you want to start, dividing people and talking about race you can do that too you know
0: (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's obviously like a lot of these things it's really challenging because
3: like i relate way more to like a white person who had to struggle than i relate to you know some minority complaining about their college experience or whatever the same i
4: don't have enemies based
3: on race it's more by your background Mm. your mentality the
0: same yeah i feel that i feel that and um, you ever
3: talk to other brown people they feel like you, they gotta be your friend or whatever it's like well really it's about how you can look at the world you know yeah it's not I, the skin obviously tone. i'll give you more grace if you're from the same background as me of course but you know ultimately you know just because you have the same background as me doesn't mean we're on the same team
0: yeah i find all it does is grace is the way i would take it too it's like just like i find it's more likely that we have an a commonality that we could likely similar values where we could maybe connect more likely but it's all likelihood and probability it's not like okay yes yeah. you're brown we're friends or you're brown i'm I'm attracted to you it's like no it's like just more likely but doesn't mean yeah. that like there's a bunch of great obviously great other non-brown people in the world so um yeah like one thing i want to get to quickly because i find it really interesting that you mention it and i actually don't even know the details so i'm curious how this is going to go but i heard you have some nft drops that's what you had uh, yeah. told me before could you give us some backgrounds on like what those nfts are why you thought that yeah, was the um, right release method for you for whatever this is
3: um so i i've always had some music i was working on with Yuri Beats while i've been in new york and then um you know we were just talking about it we we're both you know we follow the crypto space so like it's a hot time in the NFT market, so we just wanted to, you know, have like our music available on another platform. So it's just another area with its own entirely different market, own entirely different audience, and um, you know the compensation for artists in the NFT space is way better. So we, you know, we sold a couple of NFTs already, um, and you know it's it's just a part of that game, like. It depends if you're new or not to the NFT space and I your your background on it. You know, I'm not it's not like oh NFTs are the future and gonna save everything or whatever. It's just another market where you could put your music and get heard. And you're compensated way better than Spotify. You know, Spotify, you're actually you're paying them, you're basically their employee. Yeah, you're Whereas just giving bringing market share to them. NFTs is yeah. like at least you get compensated for the music you put out. And, uh, you know, that's, that's like part of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like having our music available there because we want to be part of that space that we feel is growing. And we want to reach that audience too, especially like over the next couple of years, like as more musicians enter that space, we want to be part of that environment as well. You know, uh, yeah. It's like, it depends on if, you know, it's like an early adopter position. If people are aware of it or not, it's going to be really tight in a couple of years. And you can I can guarantee that in the next five years you're going to have some like major artists break out of the nft space and the reasoning is because there's so much money there that it'll allow artists, the time to actually work on their music, which they don't have now.
0: That's really interesting it, it's it's a tough topic to even kind of wrap your head around. I'm yeah, it definitely depends. Not like if you want to have the,
3: the culture war debate, we could talk about that too. yeah we talk about what it means for the artists, what it means. What it means to have digital ownership—these are all, you know—that's
0: yeah. the thing I care about more. It's, it's—I understand it at a baseline. What an NFT is—it's more just like I care about what does this mean for artistry, because that's the always been the application of NFTs where I think is really interesting, and I am curious to see if you're right that that'll be, like, the trajectory
2: is—is yeah, I mean, is like, high.
3: Yeah, it's well, it's like Web three, and they're they're already starting to regulate the internet now, so it's like. Uh, It's only a matter of time before people have to flock to decentralized internet, you know, if they don't want to be part of the censored internet. So there's going to be a bifurcation of the internet into, you know, like the wild West cowboy one and the one that's regulated by the state. And you are probably going to bounce back and forth between those two. That's probably going to happen soon. So, you know, it's just like, I follow a lot of futurist stuff and tech stuff. It's, it's really just based on how you think about the future, whether it's something that you don't, you'd rather not think about for peace of mind or something like you mm-hmm. actually just want to get ahead of it. You know, it's really However, The thing with my thing I don't like about NFTs is cl- there are some times where clearly you could tell that people just don't want to learn about it. So they just call it a, a, f- a fad or, you know, a, a scam. So they don't have to think about it. It's like, well, you know, it's like everything, it's not just so black and white.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, honestly, man, this has been just like a super great conversation. So, like, didn't even expect it to go in some of these directions, but I, I think it was just super insightful. Yeah, bro, I really that's like the, the big
3: baby gandhi right? That's like how I do my music, right? It's like, okay, you already know what the template is. Now you could do dope shit with it.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: I love that. And I heard because just to be clear to anybody listening, I did not ask you volunteered you wanted to do a freestyle oh, that's something you should
3: you, i was trying to help you out you should put it and make it part of your your thing and then you always have a clip right because you know some of these radio stations their biggest yeah, videos yeah. are their freestyles
0: yeah yeah that is true i i never it's funny i never actually even thought about doing that wait as soon as you said it, it's like oh yeah it's the classic thing at the end of the interview they do a they do a
3: freestyle yeah, and it's, like uh, the, the radio know, i'm trying station. to put you on game bro.
1: Uh uh-huh. yeah yeah gangy uh uh-huh. it, yeah DJ uh-huh. let's go let's go um, Yo, big baby, brown, slim, shady, plus I spit crazy, ever since 680, 86 minus 4, that's like 92, I got a 90s crew, we do that 90s move, like poison, BBD, BBG, spell the initials, just like the criminals, just like the antibiotics that you see with me, first generation, cephalosporin C with me, you got HIV cause you used the wrong HIP, now I got 30 in my age AIDS ID. You trying to see me, but you can't, though. I split the game like the pharma soap, ph- pharmacy uh, check it. My goal to be an entrepreneur is, and I'm gonna save money, drive a Honda Accord, and I see you, you buy stuff that you couldn't afford. Spend it within my means, old and washed adult. That's my new style, like I was the big baby. Still baby, but I'm bigger than post that came through. Now I'm looking like a lame dude. Now it's different. BBG, and I'm fitting. Yo, check my whole style with my metabolite the you know, glycosides plus liquid macrolides. When I took when I looked through the tetracycline, I took doxycycline and took ametamine. And then I took my with it. A whole style is like Mercil resistant when I resisted and I'm represented in many places. When I say I invented it, I invented it. When I say I didn't recommend it, I recommended it. When I say I comprehended it. Now tell me when you say you comprehended it, did you believe that I would end it with the next style that you could comment with it? When I mean what I commit with it on February 14, your style get balanced. That's the valence electron moving, balancing, moving more with the imbalance. When neurochemical hit the serotonin, got your girl moaning off the hormone owning. My whole style like I never fucked. Your whole style like you never lucky. Your whole style like you never touch a bucky. Your whole style like you never had a rubber ducky in the shower. You never had an hour left to go. My whole style coming off it, little BBG man. Man, you couldn't come with me man and i got the flow that so so fluidly when i saw my shit, that's oh so stupidly oh you think you hit me with the one two and the three my whole style like four five but not a live coming back like jordan with the four five coming back like the five four reverse when i spit my shit eight two four the awesome kobe shit 24 eight i'm some kobe shit where i rock with it um Fuck,
0: man. <laughs> let's go shit I didn't know where yeah, you you're gonna try, take me. The... Yeah, yeah,
4: one more? yeah,
0: I'm down. I can see the fucking uh, pharmacy background popping up in that. Damn. I could
3: do uh, I could do all drugs. I could just rap all drugs.
1: All right, check yeah. it, huh? check it bbg i know every drug in nyc plus i smoke the thc take a take a off fixed of diffusion the smaller surface area mean you burn the area when i take the area in half the diameter that's like when i took your girl and put her in iambic parameter with my parameters mix the pk equals c3 c3 p plus 4 key that means that's my whole equation for how i count a key when i count a key up you could think you could rash me match me on maria but you couldn't match what I put in one blunt what I make in one month what I put in one touch now I do it to one milligram flex with the 35 xc that's the green pill you circle red and white and green now you count it now you see my style out 30 milligram of amoxicillin style now now you want to check with me you call the doctor on the pharmacy I say no no side effects I'm like the vaccine plus I spit my raps me and I give you swollen balls like Nikki cousin and I'm making more money than Nikki doesn't uh and I got more money than Nikki Parker, you can hit me with my shit when I sit my shit, but I'm a, I'm the next Peter Parker, living Sunnyside with no Mary Jane. Um, but I got the Gwen Stacy, I call it Gwen Sticky when I smoke the Sticky Icky and my style leave you sickly. And I got a hickey hickey on my on my shit. Now I need stick sick cause I fucked up with the hickey dicky with my dicky, Now she's not so picky. And I hit my whole style. She used to say icky icky. Now she nice see me flashing like Ross Vicky with my whole shit. And I and I keep the blicky, but not too much. If is not so sticky coming up so side off my side like maverick like a old western like john ford movies did just like the beatles did john mccartney with my beatles kid and i and i yeah and i did the shit when i say i did the shit that just mean i invented it
2: Uh um
0: so there we have it another episode of the rap music plug podcast presented by qlctv I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes and more. And above all, though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show. Through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, Fat Man Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rap music plug Pod, or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.